This is Observations Kuno Podcast for Friday, the 20th of August, 1991. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Dale Franks. And I'm Bruce McQuain. And we basically have, as far as I can tell, one topic of discussion that is worth talking about today, and that is the method in which the United States pulled out of Afghanistan. I hardly know where to begin other than to say that to call this a disaster would seem to me to be a rather tepid understatement of what it actually is. Yeah, this is uh, this is an incomprehensible debacle. Uh, and the reason I say it's an incomprehensible is <laughs> despite what some people might claim, planning an evacuation is not brain surgery, you know? This is, we've done this before. There are protocols, there are SOPs, there's all kinds of, of uh, history about how you do this properly. And, you know, one of the things that still gets me, and I've, I heard this is, well, we're gonna do it in August, which is right in the middle of the fighting season. Gee, why didn't we wait until, you know, January when it's winter, it's hard for those yahoos to get around. Uh, why didn't we keep Bagram Air Base and, and maintain our intel network and our air power operations? Why, why didn't, didn't we evac? Why didn't we evac level two civilians, which are exactly. the NGOs and the charities and stuff, first? Then why didn't we evac the level one civilians, which are you know our uh, embassy and all all the necessary civilians that are there? And then evac the vetted Afghan nationals. Of course, we haven't vetted them yet, even though we've known we were getting out of there. You know, and then you you blow up all the shit you can't take with you, you grab your U.S. Uh, Army uh, personnel, and you go. That's how you do an evac. What you don't do is terminate Bagram Air Base, shut down the intel network and air power ops, and, and evac all the U.S. Uh, personnel in that, uh, U.S. military personnel in that order. Because it's kind of like the uh, underwear gnomes, you know? You're, now you're expecting magic to happen. That's the damnedest, dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. And you have four-star generals in charge of that? Holy crap. Second lieutenant wouldn't do that. Bad. Yeah, I, as, as I said before we, uh, before we came on, I'm, I'm increasingly of the opinion that everybody over the rank of 05 should probably just be fired. That's just, I can't imagine the commander in Afghanistan getting an airplane flying away and doing this is what he did. I mean, good Lord. And of course, you know who was the CENTCOM commander be, uh, before this? He's now sitting in the, in the Secretary of Defense's seat. This is, this has, uh, you know, this has the SECDEF's uh, fingerprints all over. Uh, yes, the, the, uh, the, Secretary of, of Defense, or as Joe Biden calls him, uh, General, uh, the you know my my secretary, the guy, the guy over at the Pentagon. Yeah, the guy over at the Pentagon. Yeah. Joe yeah. Biden. Can't, is, uh, Joe Biden can't remember Lloyd Austin's name to save his life. Nope, and I cannot. I, I'm sorry, Dale. I have I've looked at this and fumed all week. I cannot imagine that shit show being approved. I just can't imagine it. I, 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 I'm not among a competent military, and that's the point. Yeah, well, you know, 
who in the military, certainly at the senior level, can we count on as being competent? And by the way, well, Michael has just joined no us. Oh, good. Hey. Hey, Michael. Hey, Michael. How are you doing, buddy? Good. You'll never guess what we're talking about. Uh, oh, I bet it's, uh, let's see. Oh, Afghanistan? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I think it starts with me. Yeah. I, I tell you what really caught me was during that press conference with Lloyd Austin and, and General Mark Milley. And they ask, um, hey, uh, why don't we just go out and grab some of these uh, civilians who can't seem to make it to uh, Karzai International and uh, just escort them to the airport? Well, we just don't have that capability. Saying that at the same moment, that 2nd Battalion of the Parachute Regiment was doing exactly that for the Brits. And the French are doing it. And the the, the French, French are doing it. The French and the Germans, by the way. Yeah. And the British. So, so yeah, well, that's two parents, British. But, yeah, yeah, you know, they're out there, you know, driving around, picking up their people and taking them to the airport, but we can't do it. We don't we, have that capability. Just, yeah, uh, you know, we have 2,500 people there. They have less, but. We can't do it. Yeah, that that we don't have the capability is just a flat out lie. We yeah, could, we could yeah. do it. What we and what now, he really and means is we five, don't wanna. Uh, yeah, and, and now they're sending five thousand more in, and so they more than have the capability to do it. And what you have to do is grow a pair of balls and order these guys to go out and start picking up Americans and dare the Taliban to do anything. But just, they won't do that. And just tell the Taliban straight up, if any of you look at us crosswise, we will murder everyone that you've ever known. Yep. So this is, this is, oh my God. You know, this is just unbelievable. I, I can't say it enough. And, you know, there was a, uh, there was a, uh, also this uh, thing that Biden stiffed uh, Boris Johnson for 36 hours. Wouldn't answer his phone calls. Wouldn't even talk to him. Well, he'll barely talk to the American people either, so. Well, he'll talk about COVID. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this well, is I, a guy that does this is a guy that doesn't even know that the British Parliament held him in contempt. <laughs> that's that's like at the bottom rung of the things he doesn't know. But I, look, I'm not skilled in the arts of war or military tactics, but wouldn't this have been easier to do from Bagram Air Air Force Base? Yeah. We, we, we talked about that just before you got on. Absolutely. You know, I, I went through a list of things that you do. I mean, evacuation, it's tough to do. Physi you know, it's physically tough to do, but the plan, it's not. And one of the things you don't do is because Bagram had all our air power assets. It, it also had, that was where we centered our, our intel network. What you don't do before you do eva evacuations is shut those two things down. And yeah, that's that, what we that did. makes no sense to me. Right. Now, admittedly, so admittedly, getting people, civilians who are in Kabul to Bagram would have been a... It's tougher. It would have been tougher, yeah. It's tougher, yes. But you, but flying Apache helicopters out of there wouldn't. Flying, no. you know, flying uh, uh, Chinooks out of there wouldn't have been. Uh, setting up pickup points wouldn't have been. Uh, having uh, Apache circling those pickup points while while patrols went in to pick up the people at those pickup points wouldn't have been. No, and the thing is, right now, because the only place we have is Karzai International Airport, KIA, aptly 
uh, acronym. Single, ru- single runway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, with a single runway. The thing is, if we're going to expect everybody to go to there, that gives the Taliban a single place to set up choke points. Um, yeah, how hard, how hard is this? If you're at Bagram, yeah. A, you're out in the open where you can defend them, where they can't sneak up on you and can't set up a blockade. They can try, and you'll just kill them in job lots. And you're picking up people. It's a lot easier to get out of Kabul, east, west, north, or south, than it is to everybody filter into a single airport inside the city. In the middle of it. Yes. Absolutely. Gee, boy, that's that's real high-tech thinking there, buddy. That's, you know, come on. Yeah, I mean, all of this stuff is... is, Here's the, the, the thing I think that irritates me more than anything else is this is all a blinding glimpse of the obvious. Yes. I mean, I was a freaking yes. staff sergeant. I could have planned this better. Yeah. Hell, I'm telling you, the, the newest second lieutenant could have. This is just, this This takes three <laughs> things. Forethought, organization, and leadership. That's it. And none of those, none of those were, are evident. In this. Hey, by the way, I got the second lieutenant joke, just so y'all know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it just it, it, it just boggles the mind. And then watching Joe Biden in that press conference today where he was mildly coherent through his prepared uh, speech. And then he went what were clearly to pre-screened questions from four journalists. And even then he had trouble answering those questions in a, in a coherent fashion. And then just turned around. It, it and makes you away. wonder what happened. Yeah. What, what, what happened to delay that <laughs> with no, definite rescheduling i mean he mustn't have been in a bad way uh earlier Uh, he must uh, i I, what i anticipate is what happened is that or imagine what happened is that uh they were running him through a series of potential questions Uh, they weren't potential they were planted right I, i was gonna say most likely planted and he was bombing it and so they had to push it back, give him a nap, give him an extra cu- a pudding cup, and then run him through it again so that he could do it. Uh, I mean, the guy is not in any shape or form uh, to be commander in chief, much less running anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm told that there is a shadowy cabal of individuals who are you know, manipulating the strings and pulling them all from from behind the scenes. Um, God, I wish that were true <laughs> because yeah, it, be it, it would be some competence. Yeah, right? yeah. At least there would be some level of competence. It would be an improvement over what we're seeing now. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, we know this guy isn't making all his decisions, uh, but the people who he's relying upon are, are clearly not competent either. I mean, who is he relying on? Certainly not Kamala Harris, who's an absolute moron. Oh, God, no. Yeah, no. It's, it, everything I read says it's the chief of staff kind of running the show. Uh, yeah, Ron Klain. Yeah, Klain has been his chief of staff since he was vice president. So that's the guy, that's the go-to guy for Biden. You know, and, and so I think that and and uh, his babysitter may have a hand in it. I'm, seeing, I'm sorry, his wife may have a hand in that. Oh yeah, well, well I, doctor at least. Well, well, yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. Promoted from babysitter to doctor. But anyway, <laughs> uh, 
Edith Galt, I mean, this is a, Edith Galt Biden. Uh, yeah, this is a woman who was his babysitter when he was when he was married before. I mean, my God, this is what we have running the country: uh, an incompetent uh, buffoon, uh, oh, and then the president. No, but anyway, but I think he's perfectly Biden, representative of the of the uh, ruling class, though. I mean, this is. Oh, I agree are. with that. I agree with that. Yeah, no, I agree they, with they that. have not demonstrated any competence for decades now. Well, not only that, but look at the military leadership. You know, this is this is what uh, David Hackworth called the perfumed princes. They get there to their level politically and they hire people just like them. And they have a president like Obama, who's been who's there for eight years, who enables that. And then they get stuck in they get put in positions where they have to fight a war and they have no clue. They can't even evacuate a damn country for God's sake. Yeah. And, and I thought it was you know, Joe Biden said, well, there's not going to be any pictures like uh, the American helicopter on the roof of the embassy in Saigon. One well, we got bet. worse pictures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We got, we got uh, uh, landing gear door photos of half a torso up in there, Joe. How about that? Yeah. And I, that was the other thing. Stephanopoulos asks him about that and he goes, hey, that was four days ago. Yeah, it was like oh, yesterday. Wow. Old news. <laughs> that's, that's old that, news. That is so well, far back in the dim mists of time. I'm shocked, yeah. shocked that you even bring it up. It was just, I, I, I said, are you kidding me? And the, the, my God. The, the, I mean, the other Biden excuse. Well, you know, my hands were tied. Donald Trump said we were going to leave Afghanistan. That's horseshit. And, and my hands yeah, were that's, tied. Yeah, that's pure horseshit. Oh, really? Then how come we weren't out by May 1st? Because that was the deal that Donald Trump made. You clearly yeah. felt it was okay to extend that. You clearly felt it was okay to come into office on the first day and sign 12 executive orders overturning Trump administration policies the second you sat down behind the resolute desk. But in this one instance, you were inextricably tied to Donald Trump's failed policy. Is that it? A guy who, by the way, has not been president for eight months. Yeah. And the other thing is the the deal that Donald Trump made was condition based. And those conditions had been violated many times. So he was not at all beholden to anything. This was his baby. This was his baby. Well, clearly, I mean, yeah. the fact that he didn't even communicate to any of our allies, I think, is clue one. It just pulled oh, yeah. out in the middle of the night and com- yeah. did this completely ass backwards. It was like yes. he desperately wanted to avoid that uh, helicopter on top of the embassy uh, scene, although he advocated for that, too, quite frankly, when he was uh, first in Congress. Um I mean, it, it looks like this was all about photo ops and politics. Had nothing to do with actually securing people, uh, property, and you know, political or uh, uh, geopolitical position. Well, I hope he's happy with the photo ops he got. Yeah, Jesus. Well, yeah, I, I think something else that that's important to note is uh, not uh, probably the, the same day. That all this started, you know, was all coming apart. You know, the Global Times, which is is a Chinese communist state affiliated media, 
had a tweet out there that says, and it said, from what happened in Afghanistan, those in Taiwan should perceive that once a war breaks out in the Straits, the island's defense will collapse in hours and the U.S. military won't come to help. As a result, the DPP will quickly surrender. I mean, my God, how, how could you take any other lesson from that? Yeah. Well, when we predicted this months ago. Oh, so, God, I, mean, I know. <laughs> and, you know, and we're, 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 you know we're, we're known for our pessimism. And I, I was hoping that's all it was. Yeah. Uh, it was just our pessimism, but, but it wasn't. I mean, this is a guy, listen, this is a guy who, had, who uh, gave Putin his pipeline, canceled ours, and now is and begged OPEC to increase their production. And they said no. You know, it is, God, I mean, that is so emblematic of, of, of this administration. I, I just don't know what to say anymore. By the way, uh, the British. To interrupt with just a, a brief moment of levity, while he was doing that, I was watching Kamala Harris standing behind him and her. Was she laughing? Just, she wasn't laughing, but all I could think when I was watching her was. <clears throat> You know, you you look at Kamala Harris and you stare into her eyes, and she's got black eyes, dead <laughs> eyes, like a dog's eye. <laughs> he comes up right. oh, and the only... doesn't seem living. <laughs> and the only thing that um, the only thing that the Biden administration did to hit back at the Taliban is they had Ambassador uh, Linda Thomas Greenfield. Uh, express in no uncertain terms at the United Nations that a very, you know, through a very strongly worded press statement from the Security Council that we expect the Taliban to respect women's rights and to be respectful of humanitarian law. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, God Almighty. A press statement? Oh, no, no, no. Look, no, no. A strongly yes. worded press statement. A strongly worded press statement. That's well, look, right. that's, that's the tool. I mean, you know. That's the tool yeah, that Joe Biden know. has left us with. Strongly worded notes. <laughs> he hasn't even graduated the hashtags. I mean, at least Obama had hashtags. Hey, but listen, no mean tweets. <laughs> the, the, the Brits were so incensed by the way that oh the pullout God. was conducted that the Parliament of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland held uh, Joseph Biden in contempt of Parliament for his, uh, I believe they called it dishonorable uh, actions vis-a-vis uh, -vis pulling out of Afghanistan and leaving the Brits high and dry. Yeah, and the French and the Germans and every one of the NATO allies. Yeah, all of our NATO the other allies. Thing. And then Joe Biden comes yeah. out today and says, I haven't heard anybody question American leadership in this. In fact, and that, I've heard quite the opposite. Well, then you're yeah, hearing and, wrong. That's right, because the the NATO allies have made it clear that they were upset since the, he made that statement. Oh, I'd say so if they, if one of them held uh, held them in contempt of Parliament. No, no, yeah, no. I think that's I, he said clear... that, he said that he said that today, and so right, since but, uh, then, the, yeah, yeah, I, I got that. But I'm, since then, the allies have been more than than happy to clarify the fact that yeah. They are questioning our credibility. Yeah, clarification well, from are. Berlin and Paris that, no, this is not exactly what we thought was a good idea. Yeah, what did he ah. say today that, like, no, I told them back during the G7. They said it was fine. It's like, yeah, so are you pull a pull out. You were going to pull out, you idiot. That's what you told them about. Ugh. 
You told him that the pullout was going as planned. You didn't tell him you're going to take off in the middle of the night and leave them high and dry. Yeah, like the, the, yeah. it's the Bagram Air Base thing. The the commander of the uh, Afghan National Army Detachment, who was there at Bagram, literally woke up in the morning and asked, where are all the Americans? They They literally left overnight, and the Afghans didn't even know that they were leaving. Didn't Sweden do something similar at their embassy? Did you read about that? Mm-hmm. Apparently, they all bugged out in the middle of the night, didn't tell any of the staff, and they showed up for work the next morning, and it was all locked down. I'm like, where the hell is everybody? Who would ever want to do business with us again? Yeah. Seriously. Well, certainly we not. This, uh, maybe you know, the people who. Kind of people. Maybe the people who. We did this in Vietnam. We did this. Now we've done this in Afghanistan. We did it in Iraq. I mean, my God. I, I suppose we have to, in terms of just doing a fair post-mortem of, of this thing, even though it's not quite over yet, it's still going to drag on for another several days, I'm sure, is is the question of what were we doing there for the last 20 years? Well, yeah. What exactly? And, 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 and we've been asking this question here for, for at least five years. What, what what are our victory conditions? At what point do we say we've won and we go home? What are right. what and goals you, still you know, remain to be accomplished? And nobody's had an answer for that. Uh, the answer for why re- we were there is because, well, we're there. Yeah. You remember we also talked about this should have been a punitive road. And nothing more. We should have gone in there and bombed the fire out of them and said, okay, we see something like this happen again. You get it twice as hard. Well, look, it's, on some things, it is hard for me to remember what I said 20 years ago, but I, I do seem to remember that we were all in favor of going in there and, and taking over the place. I think we were a little skeptical about the idea of building a pluralistic democracy there. and certainly, I don't remember being enthusiastic about it at all. I remember seeing mission creep is what I remember seeing. And well, I remember, and again, because of Vietnam, I'm, you know, I am not a nation builder. I don't believe in it. Well, I, I, I just, I do seem to remember us talking. Well, I, certainly we had to go into Afghanistan. We had to route the Taliban. We had to find Osama sure. bin Laden. We had to deal with Al Qaeda. I mean, that was just unavoidable. I don't think there was anybody. Yeah, who that doesn't mean you take over the country, set we up the government, support the government, train an army. You don't do all that. You go in and do the mission, then you get the hell out. Once we got into the nation-building thing, my memory is that we all became, in 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 not too long a time, relatively, uh, relatively disfavorably disposed towards staying there. And by the way, same thing in Iraq. Uh, I can remember us talking in 2005 and 2006 about, look, we've either got to get in there, fix this thing, or we got to leave. We. Yeah, we, we can't do both. So, yeah, you know, and that was the big problem is that we never had a real mission end. You know, once we get to the, well, we got to stand up the the government and you know get them trained so that they can. I mean, I was reasonably disposed to that, but you know, after so many years, it's like, is this working? It clearly didn't work in Afghanistan. Yeah, but, but, but see, here's here's what here's what what it is is 
you talk about going in there and standing up the government and hey, that's all great, but we wanted a particular outcome and we weren't getting that outcome. So we were going to force that outcome. And that's exactly the same thing that was going on in Afghanistan. We stood yeah. them up and we realized we're not going to get the outcome we want. So we're going to stay and force this outcome. And that's what that's where we, you know, we, we make a mistake every time. When when we uh when when we're in Vietnam and basically overthrew the government. Uh, because we weren't getting the outcome we wanted, there we were. So, so uh, yeah. second look at uh, Ann Coulter's uh, uh, bomb their villages, <laughs> uh, kill their leaders, and convert them to Christianity. Yeah, yeah. If well, you leave, if you leave, if you leave the last part off, I'm all for it. That's what you do. You go in and you rip and tear, and and you do it ferociously, and you make a lasting impression. And then you leave and say, do it again, and we'll come back and do it twice. I would rather that sort of short engagement that we uh, do what the, the military's job actually is to, to break things yes. and kill people and yep. get out. So as I was reading, uh, uh, Glenn Reynolds had uh, uh, something up from an anonymous uh, general who just ripped and tore this administration in, in the Pentagon. And he said, Miley has to go. And he said, uh, Austin has to, all those guys need to go. But the big thing he said that I agree with so much is he said, we couldn't take on a peer-to-peer -peer army right now and win. He said, there's no way. He said, we don't have, the, our people are not trained to do that. They're, they're trained in insurgency. They're trained in nation building, but they're not trained in, in uh, closing with and killing the enemy. They're just not. And he said, that's a pity, but that's because of the people sitting right up there at the top. And I tell you what, there, there's nothing that irritates me more than seeing Mark Milley sitting there in his pinks and greens, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the new army uniform, which is actually the old, the old, the old pinks and greens, yeah. 1940s pinks and greens that they're wearing. Right. And he has, and I, I think Kurt Schlichter said something this week in a similar vein. He sits there and he wears the 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 same uniform as the World War II generals wore, and he imagines himself the equal of of, of George C. Marshall. And quite frankly, uh, I expect that George C. Marshall has been spinning in his grave like a machine laid this week. I would think. I mean, this is awful. This is not only it, it's not only embarrassing, humiliating, shameful. It's just. It shows a level of incompetence that even I didn't think our government had sunk to. We've talked about this a lot, and I don't think that there is any clearer evidence for it than what we have seen this week, which is that every institution that we grew up supposing that we were, uh, that, that was, was due our trust and respect and that had our interests at heart, every institution is corrupt, feckless, and impotent. Yep. Yeah, the ex you know, the, the expert class is about as expert as you and I. I mean, there there is no expertise that I will trust. In. None. It's a it, it's a bunch of chowderheads giving their opinion, and most of the time it isn't even a considered opinion. It's just what they can pop off the top of their head for the press. Well, you know, to Tom consume. Tom Nichols this week, uh, was very clear in that we, the public, have failed the expert class. We're just yeah. not a serious people. 
and therefore we can't expect our experts to to do the difficult things that be must confident. be done because we're we're you know just not a serious people um that's not the problem the problem is that the experts that we have can't accomplish anything well yeah and, and proof of course is this operation was designed by our experts wasn't it? well i think it goes deeper than that though it's Tom Nichols is lamenting the fact that the people uh, still hold on to the Western values that are supposed to underlie our institutions. Uh, they're supposed to underlie why we take on any of these military engagements. But the ruling class, the elites, both here and in Europe and elsewhere, they don't believe in those ideals anymore. I mean, it's, it's eerily reminiscent of the fall of the Roman Empire. Once they stopped believing in being Romans, I mean, the barbarians were more Roman than actual in Romans. In many cases, yeah. And we've lost that. Now, the people still believe in those things. They still believe in the old ideas of, you know, yeah, of free half speech. Of them do. Well, enough of them, I think more than, than half. I, I think there's plenty that do. There's plenty of idiots out there who will believe whatever is popular because uh, they want to be in the in crowd. They're just followers. But there are plenty of people that this is like the, the you know, bedrock of their uh, entire existence. They believe in the family. They believe in uh, their country. They believe in their countrymen. And they believe that the Western ideals that they've grown up with and have defended all their lives are something to stand up for and something to defend. But our ruling class does not. They think these need to change. They, they need to be eradicated. They're old and they're useless. And more importantly, uh, they take away power from the ruling class. Well, yeah. Yeah, because that's what this is all about. This is all about power. And, and the one nation that has diffused its power for centuries is us. Can't hit that. Absolutely. You know, the, the elites can't be elite if they're... You know, powers diffuse and the people have power, et cetera, et cetera. So we get all this trash that we have to deal with now that's, that's coming in from the left. You know, cultural Marxism, you name it. We're getting it all. Um, and the elites are, are selling it to us. And, and, and it, you know, again, I'll go back to the statement I've made a thousand times. They have no real understanding of human nature. So when they throw some of this crap against out there, especially now, it, it just isn't, it, it isn't selling. It isn't, you know, uh, you know, we have birth persons now. We have uh, this idiotic uh, language that we're supposed to, to uh, learn about LGBTQ, you know, ABCD, EFG. I mean, it's, it's absurd, but it's, it's all to undermine this culture and to make the unacceptable acceptable. And, and culturally accepted. And uh, people are starting to push back and, you know, the elite don't like that. No, not at all. And well, I mean, just to take one example that's uh, I think been at the forefront and is now exploding is uh, the whole concept of free speech. I mean, the left yeah. has been after this idea uh, since really the nineties ironically after and this is the new left obviously not the old radical left of the the uh, 60s and 70s um the, the the new left has been 
gunning for paring down the ability of free speech uh, and, and cutting back on, on the First Amendment for decades now. You can see it in the movies. You can see it in the television shows. Uh, we've seen it directly in action. Um, and, and now it's you know at the forefront of everything. Uh, well, no, hate speech isn't free speech. Well, yeah, it actually is. Um, you know, this it's, and this idea is to, uh, specifically to control what people think and look at it, it, what they're allowed to say. It's it's metastasizing because now it's not hate speech. I mean, that was the one exception, right? Because that was the one that I, I, apparently they thought they could get most people to sign on to. Well, obviously, I'm I, I I don't think we should approve of hate speech. Well, now we have this nice general catch-all phrase called misinformation oh yeah we have to censor misinformation after all who and and an increasing number of people are thinking well who would be against that obviously we only want to hear the the truth <laughs> because we yeah. haven't yeah yeah that's that's the whole point and, and the question nobody ever asks is who gets to refine misinformation Right, is what, it the pigs in the house? or <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What is the truth? I mean, a year ago, the truth was that it was a wild-eyed, wacky conspiracy theory that COVID might possibly have come from a Chinese laboratory. No right-thinking person could possibly believe that. It must be all those QAnon weirdos who are pushing this lab leak theory. Oh, it's amazing what the difference a year makes. But a year ago, that was misinformation. A year ago, that would get you thrown off of, of YouTube. It would get you censored on Twitter and Facebook because someone, I, I, I don't know who, or who has the authority, or who would even know, uh, who would even have access to the facts to declare that misinformation. Yeah. It almost makes you uh, think that George Orwell deserves a, uh, a posthumous uh, Medal of Honor from the United States for his predictive abilities. I mean, he's been more correct than Nostradamus. And and and, and Rand. She and I predicted Rand, yeah. this. Yeah. And I dare mean, I she say she it predicted all of us. And dare I say it, Mike Judge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you you're speaking of idiocracy, not uh, Beavis and Butthead, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, who realized that idiocracy was a documentary? Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Because everybody yeah, crazed Brondo. <laughs> so, so now, after all this happens, we sit around and we really wait for the other shoe to drop. Um, you know, China has warned off Japan, threatening them with nuclear war if they if if they choose to do something about Taiwan and Japan chooses to inter interfere. Um, you've got uh, Iran uh, feeling a little froggy. You got Putin getting everything he wants. He, he basically vetoed uh, uh, when they when they met. Uh, he vetoed uh, Biden's idea of, of setting up uh, someplace in Central Asia where they could monitor uh, Afghanistan. I mean, you have a, a Secretary of State that goes to Alaska and gets his ass chewed by the Chinese. I mean, that's good lord. And by this the is, way, don't think that the China, that the Japanese, who have at least um, privately and quietly been discussing nuclearization, mm -hmm. don't believe that that this doesn't give more impetus to those in Japan who feel that the only possible protection they might have now against China is to 
to produce nuclear weapons. Yeah, well, and against North Korea too, who they're actually closer yeah. to. Yeah, assuming yeah. that North Korea is not simply a proxy for the Chinese Communist Party. Right. I, I, I mean, it, it, the thing that bothers me the most about this is that we're seriously considering the Chinese and Russia as actual world powers. I mean, they have a lot of influence because we're mostly idiots, well, or at least uh, governed by idiots. Uh, but, I mean, these are backwater countries. Really? You're, you're, China's going to take over Taiwan? Well, you know, unless they're going to do it in fucking rowboats. I mean... No, 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 no. What, what the, that's not the point. The point is they don't believe anyone on their bank. That's exactly right. That's exactly what the problem that's, is because they don't so, see so, so, against them. So if they can do that, then they will use robots. If they don't think America will intervene, I mean, my God, they, they built a hospital in 40 days. You don't think they can't build landing craft in a few months? Well, they can't build an aircraft carrier unit. So. <laughs> yeah, but they don't need to. They're sitting right across the Straits of Taiwan. They don't need Fair an enough, aircraft carrier. Fair enough, but... Uh, We've they got, got China. They got China as an aircraft carrier. I, I suspect. No, the point is, the, the point tr- is, this is about strength. It, you know, that's what the world is about: strength. And they see a huge weakening right now with America, and they're calculating that they can pull this off uh, without America intervening. So they're who, they're not warning America; they're warning Japan. Well, yeah, and they're warning Taiwan. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Taiwan knows they're on but they're warning Japan. They're not even warning. And, and by the way, Joe Biden this week did say something about um, and he said it in passing about, you know, our allies can still count on us. And he named a couple of allies and included Taiwan as one yeah, of those I, allies I that. we could defend. And yeah. it took about an hour and a half for the State Department to come out and say, well, let's, let's not go crazy about this whole Taiwan thing. <laughs> you know, our let's policy... Let's talk about who can depend on who. Yeah, our, our policy towards Taiwan has not changed. So apparently Joe it's Biden doesn't really know what the American policy on Taiwan is, but it wasn't what he said it was. And by the way, that's exactly <laughs> what the Chinese want to hear. When the State Department says, no, 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 I know the president said yeah. he'd defend Taiwan, but let's he's not a fanatic about it. Well, I mean, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, uh, Bruce, that it is about strength, but it's not strength. It's not military strength. It's political strength. It's uh, uh, it's the will to actually do these things. And right now, China is absolutely right that, and so is Russia, that we do not have and aren't demonstrating the, the actual will to protect or to defend our allies. That's one thing you can't say about the Chinese or the Russians is that they lack will. They certainly have the will. They may not have the capability that they would like to have, but they certainly have uh, a will to do pretty awful things that we pretty much don't have the will to stop them from doing. And they're not going to be uh, too worried about strongly worded letters from the UN. No. <laughs> no, I don't think they are. And that, and that's the point. I, you know, the, this is all about opportunity and the opportunity has never been better than now. And that's what 
concerns me. They've been building up to this for quite some time. Yeah, by the way, Jim Lately and, is uh, is uh, listening. He's in the chat. He's saying, hey, guys, Taiwan is doomed. Well, nice yeah, lead. I agree. Um, I hope they're getting on flights now and are not depending on Biden to send U.S. forces to evacuate them when the shit hits the fan. Yeah, I agree. Of course he I won't. Mean, this is... This is, uh, this is, so this is all about opportunity. Opportunity is there. And I will be surprised, honestly, if, uh, if it doesn't happen. Um, I will be surprised. I think, uh, I think C thinks he can pull it off. Oh, right now? I mean, what would, I mean, what would stop them? Logistics. I, mean, we're, I think we're at our lowest point right now. Yeah, but I think on the Chinese side, the only thing that stops them is the actual logistics of, of, getting troops to Taiwan and keeping them supplied. Um, but here's the other, here's the other thing about that. The, this is a country that doesn't care how many of their troops they kill. That's to true. Get something done. So the logistics of, uh, of, of uh, forces, that's easy stuff. You keep stuffing them until they're in there until it's over. Yeah, it kind of, reminds me, kind of reminds me of the Russians at Stalingrad. They didn't have enough Mosin Nagats to hand out rifles to everybody, so they would hand out a rifle yeah. to every third guy and say, hey, you two guys stick with him. When he gets shot, one of you can pick up his yeah. right. Yeah, so, so that's what that's exactly what you'll see. You'll see an airborne operation. You'll, you'll see a waterborne operation. You'll see bombing all over the place. Uh, rockets. Uh, you name it. You'll, you'll see it hitting Taiwan, and they'll either they'll either surrender or they'll continue to do it until they do. I mean, their weaponry can, can obliterate Taiwan. There's no question about that. And I'm not talking nuclear. So that's what you're faced with. The, the only thing that has really kept them going uh, from doing something like that is the fact that they were pretty sure we'd intervene and they couldn't survive us intervening. I don't think they have any doubt that we wouldn't intervene now. And that's, that's what worries me. Yeah, and nor will they have any doubts whenever Biden's successor takes over. Because at this point, I'm not taking bets that Biden lasts till the end of the year. Yeah, uh, that's. I, I think the over under on that. I'm going to take the under. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, and I mean, his. You know, who would replace him scares me even more. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how she. Yeah. I'm not sure, you know, how much worse she could do, but I'm, I'm sure she'd find a way. I mean, she hasn't, she's never handled anything well, like literally nothing. Not when she was uh, the attorney general, not when she was a U.S. district attorney, not when she was uh, a senator. She, I mean, and certainly not as vice president. Literally none well, of the things I'll, she's been charged with doing, she's done nothing. Well, to be fair, she I'll, wasn't I'll a senator long enough for us to really make a judgment. Yeah, and, and that reminds me. That reminds me of another president we had uh, who basically took that path. In Kamala's defense, she has actually done things like attorney general and stuff. Barack Obama never did any of that crap. He just shows up as a senator one day, and then next thing we know, he's a president. Yeah, and we he, got his his. Uh, remember when when he uh, ran for the Senate, he got his opponent kicked off the ballot. That was the yeah. whole. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Chicago machine politics. Yep, that was that was you know the way the way it's done, and so we got we had an incompetent Ben. <clears throat> He's hired all these incompetents that we have uh, people in the uh, Pentagon now, and 
the result is uh, old Joe, who doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground, tells the generals to get him out of there, and that's what they hand him. Yeah, who the, the what's his name? Jake Sullivan, the guy in charge of the NSA. What, yeah. What, what, what? He has no intelligence work behind him. He has he, he has nothing on his resume to suggest that he should be in charge of the most powerful intelligence agency in the world. Yeah, I know. Absolutely nothing. He had a clue. Has not. He does not have a clue. <clears throat> and this is who you're depending upon for good intelligence. Even though you've got a cable on the descent uh, 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 net that said, hey, Kabul's going to fall quickly. Signed by 23 in the embassy in Kabul. And nobody paid attention to it. Well, you know, the president and gets then made the, the claim, time. And then made the well, and then made the claim, well, we didn't have any clue, had no indication, no idea, no intelligence. Bullshit. Yeah, they brought that up today in the press conference, and Joe Biden's response was, well, we get all kinds of cables. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was double pudding day. Yeah. It must have been. By the way, I mean, this is. Uh, speaking of Obama, it says it helped that Jack Ryan tried to take his wife to a swinger club, and Jerry Ryan wasn't having it. Yeah. Which, by the way, anybody who anybody who is not happy being married to Jerry Ryan and who's looking for something better, that tells me you've got a deep character flaw right there. <laughs> yeah. He didn't do himself any favors. You know, I'm bonking no, seven it, of nine, but that's still not quite good enough. But think about, think about this. I mean, think about... The intelligence failure. Think about the planning failure. Think about. I mean, this is a fail cascade. You have to. There is not one thing that was done in this. Not one part of this that didn't fail. Nothing succeeded. Well, I'm trying to I think mean, of the last time we had awful. an intelligence uh, success. I mean, intelligence. Well, no, I'm not. not I'm not talking. Good. I'm not just talking about intelligence. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's a failure cascade. I'm talking about intelligence. I'm talking about military operations. I'm talking planning. I'm talking. You name it. In this thing, it, 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 every bit of it was a failure. A total failure. Not just that. You know, we kind of failed. Man, this is a flat out failure. And there is not one part of it you can point to and say, "Yeah, well, they did that." I mean, I've, I, God, I've never seen anything like this. It's it's just a complete debacle. That's the thing that that really, and I'm somebody who doesn't have a lot of respect for the political class in general. Uh, and I've saying I've been saying this as Glenn Reynolds for years. We have the worst political class in this country's, perhaps in the world's history. And even with yeah. that low of a bar, I would have expected someone somewhere to have some ounce of of gumption to say hey stop this is not going to work um but apparently that didn't happen and you know this this thing about you said it was a failure of intelligence i'm not entirely sure that it was a failure of intelligence which is to say i'm not sure that we didn't have ample reason and ample evidence to believe that this sort of drawdown would actually result in disaster i think there was definitely however a failure of intelligence leadership in just saying an analysis um, yeah. an analysis and just saying yeah i don't believe that uh i'd rather believe this pleasant thing that uh the president wants to hear yeah and it's clear that that they had the intelligence they just didn't pay any attention to and apparently right. uh, it came it's, from it's, more than, more it came from more than one source i mean this was multi 
source. But they just, but they chose arrogantly to say, "Ah, we're the Americans. Nobody's going to do that to us." Huh. Yeah, no, this is clearly a leadership issue. Uh, you know, fish rots from the head, <laughs> and, and you know, I, I don't, I'm not doubting the people out in the field risking their lives, but I am doubting the people who are supposed to package this stuff and deliver a common sense, straightforward, um, you know, a renunciation, a, a renunciation, a, a recitation of the facts, and you know, influence policy that way. But we we just don't. We haven't had that in decades, unfortunately. What we have well, no. is a politically what? motivated uh, leadership that only cares about the optics and not about the actual lives they're charged with saving and taking care of. Well, look, earlier, well, what happened? Earlier, earlier, look, we've been, we've been lied to for 20 years by the military. At least. At by least. the politicians and by the politicians. We've been flat out lied to. They have made these rosy damn reports about how well it's going in in Afghanistan, when basically, and, and Trump said it the other night, he said, we paid them good money. Yeah, they were a mercenary force. And as soon as the Americans who were paying them pulled out, they said, well, gigs up and went home. What a surprise. But nobody seemed to understand that or know that or figure that might happen. You know, the the uh, operation, what is the operation there in, in Iraq? What was it called? I, I, I keep uh, Iraqi freedom. No, that was no, not Iraq. I'm sorry, Afghanistan. Uh, I, f I forget what the name of the operation was. I, I, it used to be Enduring Freedom, and now it's something else. But they have an IG who delivers a quarterly intelligence report to the Congress, and it's also released publicly. And that report that was released publicly in the most recent quarterly uh, issue of the IG's report was, A, the Taliban are making increasing and rapid territorial gains in Afghanistan, and B, the Afghan National Army and the Afghan government are at very least going to struggle to contain the Taliban's advances. And that probably passed through about 12 layers of leadership at the Pentagon and the DOD, uh, as well as the administration, before it finally wound its way into public form and the form that was delivered to Congress. And even that was a fairly dark look at what was going on in Afghanistan. So I can only imagine that the actual intelligence that we were receiving were, was painting a much darker picture than what we've been told. And I, think I would about, agree. Think about, too, think about too the, the successive levels of briefings that would come from uh, you know, a source, uh, intelligence, military, whatever. And think about how that's presented. I mean, I've seen this in action where you get up and you state the facts. This is the way it is. And then whoever you're briefing, who is then going to go brief someone else, says, well, we can't say it that way. Maybe we need to say, and, you know, and by the time it gets up to whoever is supposed to make a decision, it's unintelligible pack. You know, it's been massaged so much that it has no real meaning anymore. And I think that's exactly what's happened here for, you know, a couple of decades, as a matter of fact. We've been passing along PAP, uh, you know, and and and, and uh, saying everything's good when, in fact, this was a shit show from the beginning. Yeah, well, you say a couple of decades, Bruce, but I, I'd venture to say about two-thirds of the military briefings given by MACV in Saigon were the same. I was going to oh, say, what, I don't, yeah, yeah. I'm just what, talking what, about Afghanistan. Remember that in uh, Good Morning Vietnam, the, the two yeah. uh, redheaded twins were like just taking a black pencil to every uh, reportage that was coming from the field. 
But that's not, you know, oh, we don't want to put that in there. Oh, oh, no, we got to say that this way. Oh, well, you know, if you say that, oh, no, that's just, too, yeah, well, mm, we've got to soften that up a little bit. I, I've heard the words. I've seen it happen. And this is and the I can result. tell you that's exactly what's, yeah, and this is what happens when, when, when you do that. So, so how do, so how do we fix it? I mean, you know, do, do you do you go down like you said, Dale, to 05 and rip everything above that out by root and branch? You can't do that. But my God, you can't take failure like this either. What do you do? I mean, Millie needs to go. Uh, oh hell, Austin Millie needs to go. go. Austin needs to go. The commander, a uh, CENTCOM commander, needs to go. The commander on the ground in uh, freaking Afghanistan who flew out and left that mess needs to go. All of those need to go. Every one of them. I mean, I get rid of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, I mean, I, I think that there's so much rot there uh, that we well, we need to remove a lot of uh, pretty much every four star and thir- three star general. Oh, Again, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there is some three star deputy assistant chief of staff for personnel logistics that might might be competent. <laughs> But I want to point out that, the, again, that the Joint Chiefs of Staff have no command authority or, or command relationship. They are advisors. The yeah. CENTCOM and- commander, the CENTCOM commander who is over that area works directly for the President of the United States. So that's the guy and the Secretary of Defense. I'm sorry, he doesn't work. He works for the Secretary of Defense and the, and, and the President of the United States. That's the guy that handed the, the ship to the sec- Secretary of Defense. Uh, defense, who was the former CENTCOM commander, who said, yeah, sounds great, and presented it to the president. Those two need to go. If you if you pass that sort of a plan up, that sort of horseshit, you need to be relieved. I guess one of the first just, things that needs to happen is, and it won't, is that Congress needs to subpoena all of these people and ask them exactly well, hey, you what they saw, knew when you they You already knew. saw Austin and Mealy squirming in their seats can you imagine a real honest to god investigation and what that would look like i i honestly can't imagine anyone in our government currently performing such an investigation or at least not honestly no it would no it would be another it would be another procedural uh you know shit show in the in congress Uh, oh your time is up your time is up sir sorry your time is up yep and it wouldn't matter yeah. who was in charge of Congress. I mean, we saw how ridiculous the Benghazi hearings got. Um, yeah. These 9 11 commission wasn't even conducted very well. Um, certainly, the, the, these January 6th uh, boondoggles are, are going to be completely politicized. I, I don't really have any confidence in Congress doing its job. And frankly, Congress is ultimately to blame for all of this because they shove all this stuff uh they are perfectly happy to give up powers that they should rightfully be defending uh per our constitution uh to the president if you know it's he's in their party or she's in their party and you know they're doing things that you know they don't want to take responsibility for but you know they maybe sort of like it they're not sure they'll just kind of hedge their bets until you know the shit hits the fan uh, now, con- Congress being, is awful. They're much more interested in being on Twitter and on Fox yep. or CNN. And look, the, the, and that, the, 
the, the president is not going to have any such investigation. He's already said, hey, everything went fine. This is my call. The buck stops with me. Um, okay, then why don't we impeach you? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen. You know, that's the thing. That's, you know, I've, I've, my wife's become cynical enough now to where I'll say something. She goes, you know, she'll watch all this stuff. And she goes, that's awful. And I go, yep, but. And she goes, yep, nothing's going to happen. Nobody's going to pay for it. No one's going to be held accountable. And I said, that's right. Yeah. Where, that's where's where John are. Durham, by the way? Where's John Durham? Been I was all just this about time? to. I was just about to bring that up. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I keep hearing the, the oh John Durham. He, people are gonna go to jail when this John Durham thing comes up. Oh, really? Bombshell, bombshell. Yeah. Oh, really? And even I mean, even, with, even my wife has started talking about. Hey, this Durham guy. I, I bet he's got some stuff there. It doesn't matter what he has. We'll never hear it. <laughs> no, that's right. As a matter of fact, he won't go after anyone uh, that's up in upper echelon. He's going to go after if he goes after anybody. That Kleinsmith guy has already, you know, pleaded out to no jail time, um, and he fucking blatantly lied, changed documents. I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, you had that one, that one, uh, uh, you know, ensign or whatever the hell he was. He was something low level in in the navy who took a picture, yeah. which he shouldn't have done. Uh, right. But I mean. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like the worst thing you he could did, have done. He did it to show off what he does. Right. That's and it, it was stupid, and it, it is uh, a security violation. But, I mean, he was good. He's got the book thrown at him. And meanwhile, yeah. and like, he'll have, get then, off with all kinds yeah. of shit. By the way, you know what the rumor is? Rumor is they're going to 25th Amendment Biden and Hillary's going to be the VP. <laughs> well, here's the interesting thing. If that, to, to, if, if that happens, it, well, I only at, have, have, have side. Only have one thing to say. Arkansas. If that happens, then Kamala Harris better not ever schedule a visit to Dallas. <laughs> Arkansas. That's right. Well, here's the problem. She'll be found, she'll be found in a park in a park having topped herself or something, right? If Kamala gets or Kamala or I don't, I don't know what her name Kamala. is uh, so, so she she gets elevated to the presidency in order for a new vice president to be uh, installed there has to be a vote in the senate that's correct and she cannot now preside as the vice president as that's the breaking tie so there's a good chance that, and if it was Hillary Clinton, there's no fucking chance in hell that that is ever going to happen. Yeah, it's just funny. It's just it's just funny stuff. It's funny stuff. Well, um, speaking of investigations, let's let's leave it Afghanistan for at least a little bit. Um, the uh, January sixth investigations, the FBI came out uh, late yesterday, I believe. Um, and said, yeah, we, we can't actually find any evidence that there was any sort of concerted effort on anybody's part to overthrow really? the government or <laughs> anything like that. You don't say. Oh, I'm shocked, shocked to hear this. <laughs> and so that's why, and that is why, by the way, all of these people who have been in jail, some of them since Jan uh, February, um, are ending up having to plead guilty to unlawful parading. Right. Oh my God. Does that mean they get time served? 
Um, in most cases, yes. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, I'm just, you know, that, that, that's such an asinine. Hey, look, I mean, I'm, these I'm not, idiots not, brought not it on that, themselves, but that's that's not what I'm saying. I mean, this the the, the whole, um, just the the whole brouhaha about this. The, you know, the the uh, famed fear and uh, on the left and and all the nonsense that's gone with it. The, I mean, it, it should be evident to anybody who even looked at the, any of the video that these folks were basically tourists. I mean, they had, you know, other than a few that ran through there like idiots and, and, and yeah, you could say that they were up to something nefarious. The rest of them were wandering around taking pictures for God's sake. And by pretend the way, that that, pretend that that was an insurrection is just, God, it's just, scaremongering and by the way to say that these people got what they deserved that's not exactly true what they deserved no. was to be tear gassed and fire hosed uh for, but, for but, when you have, but when you have capital when you have capital police welcome you in um i mean no no mixed yeah no that's, there that's true that's a good point bruce uh, some of these people like you said were literally just tourists and they stay yeah. within the rope line and like they're hugging. I mean, my God, yeah. stuff. that always happens when you're doing an insurrection. You stay in the rope line. But like Buffalo head guy and the guy off with the boat. Yeah, they're just idiots. Again, no insurrection. They're just idiots. That's they're what I'm getting. Morons. Yeah, I think there were some more nefarious think? elements there, but uh, well, I, that's what I'm saying. There were the guys running around with the zip ties and that. Type. Okay, grab them. But to but to to lump all these people together as insurrectionists is is absurd, and this right. this chase has been absurd. You know they they, they can't find any of the damn uh, Antifa that tear places up like Portland and Minneapolis. But boy, they can find these folks all over hell, and they'll go pour through the digital records uh, to identify them and won't even look at the Antifa. Videos. Yep, that's true. Oh, and what about this guy? And I, I still have not seen and. This is what makes me suspicious. Um, the, the the guy in the truck outside, uh, outside the Library the, of Congress. Yeah, yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he threatened to, like, blow up all this stuff. Eventually, peacefully surrendered. Was, like, uh, I guess, uh, doing some sort of live stream on Facebook or something. Uh, you know, uh, threatening to do all these nefarious things and whatever. It was 15 minutes, yeah. Yeah, and eventually... And, I, I had not heard anything more. I've, I've seen some people trying to connect him to right-wing causes and how much he loved Fox News and all that kind of stuff. And if it is the same guy in the truck as was uh, on the, the live stream video, he was talking about, uh, you know, how awful Joe Biden is and come and get me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm fighting for some cause or whatever. I don't know. And I mean, he seemed like a nutball, but yeah, was it politically motivated? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'd love to know if he was this well, right wing extremist that you know they're targeting. Okay, tell us. I, I want to know that. Well, you know, basically, those type of pauses in media coverage means oops doesn't fit the narrative. So that's what makes me suspicious. Yeah, it's 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 nationwide news uh, until they catch him, and then all of a sudden it just dies. Hmm. They right. must have learned something when they caught him. <laughs> and now, yeah, I, mean, some, I, some I, just, I didn't too. know if maybe y'all had heard something more than I had, but I, it's just, it's, 
it's it's strange. Well, it, I mean, I'm also, glad they got the guy. Yeah, great. But it also strikes me as unseemly that so many people in the media seem to be hoping and rooting for the guy to have a bomb and even better, have him blow it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, because just, they're looking for the next Oklahoma City. That's what they want. Yeah. And, and by the way, if that were to happen, that would that would really help our narrative. Yep. That's exactly what it is. It was like that guy with the minivan down in Florida who had like all those crazy sayings all over his van and uh, and like was was he the source of those like fake bombs or something that was sent to Congress? And I, I can't remember if that was I might be mixing up two stories, but I mean, they went to town on that guy. This is what MAGA is. This is what people who support Trump are. I mean, they went nuts over this guy. And then it kind of turned out he was maybe a little bit, you know, a, a, a few pencils short of a pencil box. <laughs> and, didn't, and it just died. It just died. We well, that's what that guy again. That's what most of these guys, a few pencil, a uh, few pencils short, and, and they're gonna they're gonna act out. And I, I mean, I, I've seen the effect, and I'm sure you guys have seen the effect of the 24 hour news channel on people who you know are, are are shut in or stay in, and and that's what they concentrate on. They think the world's coming apart, and they've got to do something about it. Uh, yep. it it's it, it's nuts. And, and it's the nuts that get out and drive around in trucks. I mean, who, what freaking real threat to anybody driving around in trucks saying, I'm going to blow you up, yelling it out the window? I mean, he's a nut. Yeah, but sometimes well, sometimes nuts do Ted Kaczynski shit. Right, well, exactly. I get that. I get that. I understand that. But, but, you know, this is not some conspiracy. This is not some movement. This is a nut. This is a lone wolf. This is an idiot. Sure. And, and look, I mean, uh, what's his name? Larry Hodgkins, uh, the guy shot up the baseball field. You could say the same thing about him, but they don't. <laughs> they just well, bury no, that because if, Yeah, yeah. If it doesn't fit the narrative, it, it disappears the next day. If it does, they, they bring it up, you know, like my wife does some of the crap I've done all my life. That's like I love that meme when they were talking about having women referees in the NFL. Uh, yeah. <laughs> penalty for shit you did three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. News media reminds me of my wife sometimes. <laughs> We've all had to take that 10 yards from time to time. <laughs> my favorite yeah. is we talked about this. We did? I was I awake? Okay, this is this is a true story. This literally happened, where my my wife had said something, and I had said, "Yeah, I I, I don't really agree with that." And she said, "You know, we talked about this." Said, what? When did we talk about this? And she literally referred to a conversation we'd had three years previously. I I believe it. I believe. It. I, I, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how it works. I've had conversations with her where she starts off with, and also, blah 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 blah, and I'm like, what? What are we talking about? Well, you know, we were just talking about this. Yeah, six hours ago. She just <laughs> completed a sentence six hours later. Immediate ray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, that's that's just. 
So we got to deal with, fellas. Uh, the the Why? the burdens of masculinity, or something. <laughs> I I I can only suppose we deal with it because we're so damn grateful that they consent to sleep with us. Yeah. That's pretty much it. We're pretty much. <laughs> and then I found out, only one, found one out, thing, and it's disgusting. <laughs> and then I found out the other day that after you've been married for forty years, there's no trading option. <laughs> I guess the good side, the good part of that is she can't trade me in either. Yeah, that's that's the good part. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what what else is there that uh, went on this week? Oh man, was, was there anything? Show. <laughs> I mean, it was it was I, hard. You know, to I, I, I have to admit, I have to admit, I was almost singularly focused on. This. I mean, yeah, this I just, have, I've been I, I can't imagine. I, I just, in my wildest dream, I couldn't imagine us doing something like this this badly. I mean, I just, I have not gotten over that. It's awful. Well, and I, uh, I, I think for you and I, Bruce, we remember the the military that we served in, and we remember well, how we did things. And I spent this does not comport with how we do things. Right. I spent twenty years teaching people how to do planning and operations, military planning, military operations. Okay, that's what I did in the reserves. And, you know, a, a competent major uh, staff officer could have sat down and written this up probably, you know, in a day this is, and then fleshed it out after that. But, I mean, here's how we need to do it. This is – that's what gets me. This is not hard. This is not complicated. It's complex, but it's not complicated. This is step one. This is step two. And once you have the steps down, then you flesh it out. Here's how we'll do step one. Here's how we'll do step two. Here's how we'll do step three. Then after you do that, you say, now, if something goes wrong in step one, we need to be able to do this and this. And you do that. So you have the branches and sequels that come off of it. This is basic military planning. This is what is taught to every officer and senior NCO in the military. So why did this happen? And, and what we're getting now is, well, you know, and heard this from Lloyd Austin, heard it from uh, or, or yesterday or day before yesterday, heard it from the president today. There'll be plenty of time for us to go back and review what happened and see what we did wrong. But Oh, know, for God's sake, I can tell you what you did wrong. You we, we don't need that time. <laughs> Just letting you know, Jesus. we can tell what went wrong right now. Holy we, shit. And it starts right with you. Mr. Secretary Austin, right with you. Yeah, we don't need to wait for 18 months for an after-action report. We already know who who fucked up. It's it's or glaringly obvious, it's, and we know what yeah. they did wrong. And the, the the Biden administration and the president specifically trying to shift the focus away from this utter shit show of uh, a withdrawal to. Well, you're saying I shouldn't have withdrawn from Iraq. No, that's not what we're saying. We're not saying we didn't want you to withdraw from Iraq. We're not saying we didn't want Donald Trump 
to withdraw from Iraq. In fact, most of us were saying um, when you're fighting a war that's old enough to be a sophomore in college, maybe it's time to look for an exit strategy. <laughs> really? That's, and everybody from the from General Milley to, to Lloyd Austin to the president are trying to frame this, frame these questions about the specifics of how they uh, planned or failed to plan for this evacuation with the larger issue of, you know, well, we had to leave Afghanistan. Yeah, that's not the issue. That's not what people are mad about. That's not what we're complaining about. This is just a deflection, and it's an obvious deflection. Although, I can't, uh, you know, I, I, I really don't know what other tactic they have to try to deflect because the, the failures are so glaringly obvious. Yeah. And what's going to happen now, I think, over the uh, next coming weeks and months, is the Taliban is going to continue to humiliate the United States by blocking the hostage rescue, killing uh, uh, Americans. Uh, oh, accidentally, we're sorry, yada, yada. You, you're going to see this crap go on because this is, this is power for them. Uh, this is recognition, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to continue to hu humiliate the great state. Yes. That, that does seem to be the, <laughs> the, a good way of passing time in that part of the world. Yeah. Although we should, at least have the, we should at least have the self-respect not to make it easy for him. But oh, we're not. Geez. You know, uh, what was it? Biden says we have 6,000 of our finest at the airport. Yeah, well, that's not where they need to be. Right. They need to be out <laughs> getting our citizens. Jesus, you got more now than than Trump left. Why'd you do that? Oh, because you fucked up the evacuation. That's why. Yeah. So now we're going to send what I, I guess five thousand guys into Kabul to the airport. It better be a big airport. Um, and I, I'm not entirely sure what they're going to be doing. Well, I know they're not going to be going. You know, one of the stories that came out of there was about the. Uh, I, I guess there's the. Um, there's at least a battalion and, and possibly now a brigade, the 82nd there, but but earlier, and I think it was probably the, the, the uh, division reaction force when the, the quick reaction force went in. And there's a story about the commander of the two para and the commander of the 82nd unit there screaming at each other because the two para was going out to get their people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just God almighty. Yeah, and being that's, told that we can't do it while two para is doing it is... is yeah. And just, you know, thumbing their nose or giving us the finger and going out and getting their people. Holy shit. How, how would you feel as a member of the 82nd Airborne Division standing there knowing you can't go out and get your people, but watching your counterparts you know, get in their vehicles and go out there? I'd, I'd, I'd die of shame. Yeah, I'd be pissed. And look, I, I pretty much guarantee you that everybody below the rank of 04 is. Yeah, I would. That, that would make sense to me, yeah. Well, hey, to like interject something a little bit more uh, lighthearted, <laughs> although it'll still tickle your anger bones. I don't know if y'all mm. saw this uh, um, decision from, well, quote unquote, Hawaii judge, but a Hawaii judge, I believe in Texas, who ruled that the statute that has been around since the 1920s uh, for the INA um, it is uh, where it criminalizes those who are deported from the country and then re-enter 
that's a crime. Your initial entry illegally is not actually considered a crime. They are deported, but if they come back in, it's that's considered a criminal act. And uh, he ruled, or she ruled, excuse me, that uh, that statute that has been around for almost 100 years is uh, racist and against Mexicans and um, is, is unconstitutional. Oh, for God. So therefore, you cannot criminally indict or hold uh, uh, anybody who re-enters the country after being deported. So if an Irish guy came in and did that, right? <laughs> oh, for God's sake. I mean, this isn't about Mexicans, for God's sake. Well, and that was the defense that uh, the government put up was like, look, it has to do with proximity. <laughs> you know, this is our, this is our second largest border with another country. And uh, we don't have a lot of Canadians trying to sneak in here illegally. We have right. a lot or of Irish, Mexicans. Or, yeah. Right. So, Jeez. I mean, it's just a matter of circumstance. It's not a matter of a racist policy. But no, no, no. She basically went with disparate impact. Yeah, I was just about uh, to say. Yeah, okay. A disparate impact on citizens of Mexico. Right. Which, of course, have all the rights of uh, constitutional rights of American citizens, whereas American citizens don't seem to have many rights <laughs> at all when it comes uh, to uh, protecting our borders. Apparently not. Yeah, well, um, you know, there's. I, I believe the INS announced uh, last week that they had stopped 274,000 people uh, in the course yeah. of, of a single month. And that is the most in 20 years. Actually, yeah. it's the most ever, but yeah, at least 20 years. That's incredible. Oh, and they're just going to keep coming in. And, well, yeah, and, and the and media coverage has been overwhelming. Right, and they're, they're not vaccinated. There's no mandate to vac vaccinate them. No. Uh, they spread them around around the country. And, you know, when people talk, well, all these hospitals have all these uh, surges of, of uh, you know, people with COVID. Yeah, who are yeah, they? Guess what? <laughs> yeah. We'll, yeah, they literally bust them in and drop them off and... Let's, and don't tell anybody. Let's just call them the unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. The well, undocumented unvaccinated. Yeah. I did see, by the way, that one of the uh, the politicians in in New York City, who's really really big on the uh, on the uh, vaccine mandate. So now in New York City, for you to go to a restaurant, you not only have to show your uh, vaccine certificate, but you also have to show some form of picture ID. So that you can get into a restaurant. This is the same. This is the same politician who believes that having to show an ID to vote is, uh, I don't know, racist. Is Jim Crow? So yeah, absolutely. Um, no ID to vote, but you do have to have an ID to uh, to go to Starbucks. And and what did the New York Restaurant Association say? Yeah, we don't. That's not our job. We don't enforce. Right. Yeah, we don't want to be that enforcement agency, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we're not doing it. Good luck. Well, and Bruce, you saw what happened down in Georgia. They just had uh, th that report from, I guess, the Secretary of State or Secretary of Elections. I don't know. But uh, where 95% uh, of eligible voters are now registered yeah. to vote in Georgia. 
Despite Jim Crow 2.0. Yeah, yeah. It's the highest it's ever been in Georgia. That's right. Which means they have IDs because they're required to do that to be able to register. So I Hey, but Jim Crow 2.0. So I just have one question. Do Do you know where do you know where you can get you know where you can register to vote in Georgia? At any uh, DMV. DMV when you when you get your driver's license. <laughs> yeah. This is this is so hard. It's just it's just awful. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the state of play of things. Oh, by the way, the, the one question I did have is um, are we gonna start talking about Jim Crow when people start figuring out that less than half of African Americans have been vaccinated against COVID? And so they will. Yeah, it's something now, like sixty. I know. Yeah. yeah, they'll now no longer be able to go to restaurants. Okay, sure. That that doesn't bring well, that, back any memories. Like I said, that's the beauty of it. it, it suddenly, requiring that will be racist. So <laughs> yeah. it'll go. Away. Hey, Democrats are going to be Democrats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, look, guys, that's about all the time we have for tonight. You have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. See you. Right. You've been listening to Observations Q and O podcast for Friday, the twentieth of August. 2021. I believe in the opening of this podcast, I may have presented the year as 1991. That would be incorrect. Have a great week, everybody. On behalf of Bruce and Michael, this is Dale Frank saying thanks for listening. We hope you'll listen again next time. Until then, have a great week. As I said earlier, as I now repeat myself, uh, I should just shut up. So long. <laughs>